Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from the message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. Yes, everybody. Merry morning. Wow, it, whoa, this is a bit strange. Everyone's just gone to one side of the room, so I guess I'll be speaking over here. Uh, good morning, everybody. I hope you are doing well. It's been an amazing week for us here at The Message. Um, all of us as, as band members, we have been involved in genetic sessions, win summer school, not winter school. That's how lethargic I am. We've been involved in summer school, which has been amazing. We've had dozens of kids every single day. It's been absolutely wonderful, and we've been helping them with their creative gifts and just sharing with them um, all about Jesus. So it's been a great week. I'm tired, man. I am absolutely tired but I've got some exciting news everybody tomorrow Soulbox will be releasing a brand new song let's go let's go it's gonna be absolutely amazing look out for that if you haven't already please pre-save it you can go to the link in our bio our new song Yumi will be dropping tomorrow so it's exciting everything is kicking off um, but nonetheless this is not what I'm here to tell you is all this self-promotion I am here to preach so let's get into that um, I've been doing a series uh, about the Lord's Prayer which is a very interesting name that we give to this model of prayer that Jesus gives us in Matthew because it's not actually the Lord's Prayer. I think I mentioned this last week. Jesus never had to pray, forgive us my debts because Jesus is perfect. He never sinned. It's not the Lord's Prayer, but actually it's the disciples' prayer. It is this amazing beautiful model of prayer that we're given for how we can speak to God. And I love it so much because um, for I'm, I'm nearly 25. Guys, I don't know when my life, I don't know when my life just disappeared from me that quickly, but uh, I'm really 25. I'm 25 on the 10th of September. I'm telling you that so that you can give me a nice little gift in a couple of weeks. But um, Tim Mycock is really offended. I'm sorry, mate. I'm dealing with it. We're all on a journey. But for my birthday, for my birthday, um, my friends Gina and Joy were saying, oh, we should go to London, make a proper trip out of it. Maybe we can go and see Lizzie. And it got me thinking. I was like, imagine actually... If, if I got to, to go in front of the Queen with Gina, if you don't know who Gina is, I guarantee you that within minutes, me and Gina will have insulted the Queen in one way or another. Two, uh, you know, working class girls from council estates. I don't know what I'd say to the Queen. I don't even know how to approach her. But how amazing would it be? But posh Pete would, posh, posh Pete would know exactly what to say. How amazing would it be, right, if, if one of the Queen's, like, closest, uh, like, sons, daughters, or, like, a family relative, actually taught me how to pray to pray to her actually taught me how to speak to her how amazing would it be I'd know actually exactly what to say I'd know how to connect with her and it would be absolutely beautiful and what we get here is an amazing model that helps us connect not with a with an earthly royal person or with anything like that but with the king of kings Jesus is saying I can teach you how to speak to my dad it's pretty mad it's pretty amazing and we should get so excited about it and never ever neglect these words that we've been given in Matthew chapter 6 uh, and so far we've been looking at what it means for God to be our father the fact that he cares for us that he created us and and he's in heaven he's above all situations he's perfect he's powerful he's all-knowing we can depend and trust in him as our father we looked at what it means for us to to for his name to be hallowed uh, it's, it's, it's actually a prayer for us to worship God we're saying we're here to give you the highest honor we're here to review to revere you 
the one true God who is so amazing. There is nobody like you. We looked at what it means for his kingdom to come. It's actually us surrendering over our kingship and saying, you're the one true king. You are actually the only one who deserves that throne. Jesus, the king of kings, the perfect king. We want you to come back. We want you to rule and reign because your kingdom is perfect. We surrender to you and we want to see others surrender to you. We looked at what it means for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. It is a prayer of obedience and submission, not reluctantly, as in heaven. What's happening in heaven? People are willingly, the saints and the angels, willingly living for God. There is no reluctancy, but it's actually cheerful and joyful, counting it as a pleasure to do the good work of God. the good, perfect and pleasing will of God as it is in heaven. And this week we are going to be looking at verse 11. So let's read our passage, Matthew 6 verses 9 to 13. And it says this, this then is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So in this prayer, we are actually given uh, six petitions and the first three, hallowed be your name, uh, your kingdom come, your will be done, are actually all to do with God, right? And then the, 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 the last three are to do with us. But I remember last week, I, I read this amazing quote by John MacArthur, which says, prayer begins and ends not with the indulgence of man, but with the glory of God, not with the building of my empire, but his kingdom, not with the getting of what I want, but doing his will, not with the elevation of my name, but with the hallowing of his name prayer is actually all about glorifying God from start to finish that is what it's all about and we see that in the first three petitions but this is the mind-blowing thing we also see it in the three to come which are actually to do with us the very fact that we bring needs before God highlights the distinction between us and him and this is the difference he's sufficient we're not See, God lacks absolutely nothing. God needs nothing. He exists in a state of perfect contentment and fulfillment. He is self-sufficient. Actually, as humanity, I always like to point this out, we were created out of the overflow of that, of God's um, self-sufficiency, his contentment, his fulfillment. He created us not because he needs us. He wasn't going, oh, I really need you to worship me because I'm really needy. We all know a couple of needy people. I mean, one of the things that I used to say to, to my Meg is, Meg, Meg, is, Meg is waving at me. I'm getting to that, Ben. Don't diss me before I diss myself, okay? One of the things I used to say to my friend Christina Tucker um, is, love me, love me. And this is something that me and Lauren used to say to each other, love me, I need your love. See, God isn't like that. God doesn't need it. God creates us to experience his love. Or, or, like, it's out of the overflow of him being absolutely amazing, And see what these three petitions that are coming show us is that we're not like that. We're not self-sufficient. We actually need him. The first thing we need him for is for daily physical and spiritual provision. Give us today our daily bread. We need him for the forgiveness of sin. Forgive us our debts. We need him for the protection from the kingdom of darkness and guidance into his glorious kingdom. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Humanity, we are not self-sufficient, but every fiber of our being actually hangs on on God's gracious provision. And you know what this does when he fulfilled those needs? 
This glorifies God as the giver and sustainer of life. Even our needs are there to glorify God. That's flipping incredible. This prayer teaches us that we depend on God. So one of the first things I actually want us to pick up on is, is never give in to this myth that you depend on yourself. You know, as, as Andy always says to us, he always says, oh, you muppet, you only took your next breath because God allowed you to. Uh, let me finish the preach. Let me finish the preach before I get my P45 for that impression. But yeah, it's so true. Actually, every fiber of our being hangs on God's provision. He's the one that actually allowed us to take our very next breath. But this world would have us believe a lie. This world will have us believe that we can depend on ourselves. I mean, growing up, one of my favorite singers was Beyonce. Um, love Beyonce. She's a queen. I still stand by it today. Don't agree with everything that she says, but you know what? She's a very influential part of my childhood. And, and her group, uh, Destiny's Child, had this song called Independent Woman, right? And it was this anthem for women. It's like, all oh, my women who independent, throw your hands up at me. It's a bop. It's a bop. But they, these are the lyrics that she says. She says, the shoes on my feet, I bought them. The clothes I'm wearing, I bought them. The rock I'm rocking, I bought it because I depend on me. If I want it, the watch I'm wearing, I bought it. The house I live in, I bought it. The car I'm driving, I bought it because I depend on me. And then she says it again, because I depend on me. And see, this is the issue here. If a lot of us were being completely and utterly honest with ourselves, we would know that that is actually the anthem of our lives. We think that we are actually so self-sufficient that we depend on ourselves. We actually think that because we have a job, because we, we have money, we're the ones that are responsible for putting that food in front of our, in front of our tables. We're the ones that are re- responsible for giving us that opportunity. But let's break it down. Who created the world and put humanity in it? God. Who created the world for humanity's enjoyment? And to, he was like, look after the world. He created the very concept of work. Look after the world. And then he goes on to talk about how it will create a harvest and and how um, we are here to look after and do all that kind of stuff. There is profit from us working for God. We didn't come up with this idea of work and provision. It's actually God who came up with it. We don't depend on ourselves. We depend on him. God provides all that we need and all that we find joy in. I mean, when was the last time that you recognized that God is actually the one who provides for you? When was the last time you recognized that God is the one who provides for you? God is the one who's been providing for you. So when we pray, give us, we realize that we depend on God. And we pray, give us, not because we have a right to demand anything from God, but rather in light of his majesty, his power, um, his, his sufficiency, we realize, man, I need him. In this prayer, Jesus teaches us that we are dependent upon God for our needs and not ultimately dependent upon our own resource or power. Lord, give us. We're saying, Father, we depend on you. You are sufficient. We are not. 
See, the amazing thing that I love about this is that God, Jesus is teaching us the things that we get to bring before God and in it is actually wrapped up every single thing about human life, our needs, forgiveness spiritually, um, like guidance, protection, all that stuff. It's all wrapped up in these like three sentences and it's mad to think that he's able to put all of that stuff into those three simple things. How crazy is that? This model is absolutely amazing. And do you know what else it shows us? It shows us that God is a good father. It shows us that we have a father who is concerned about our physical needs. We have a father who is sufficient to meet them. Give us. We bring our needs, not just our needs, but the needs of other people. Give us. And this really struck me as I was doing this. It it brought me to the realization of that, us. It's like putting yourself on this plain leveling field with your brothers and your sisters. And it, it genuinely, genuinely, when you understand it, it enables you to not pray for need, to pray for need and not to pray for greed. Absolutely mad. It challenges you where you have more than you actually need to see the needs of other people. And the beauty of it is how this prayer is completely wrapped in and of each other. As you pray that, you see that actually I may have everything that I need. I'm putting myself on that plain leveling field with my brothers and my sisters who may not have that. It echoes the prayer that you've already prayed. Lord, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lord, if there is more that I have that I can give, Father, would you use me for the provision for other people? And not so that people say like, oh, you're such a great, generous person, but so that God gets all of the glory. All of it. So that God will be glorified in meeting the needs of my brothers and my sisters. And this is what we're seeing in the community grocery. Let me break that down. We're seeing people that are actually going, you know what? I have more than I need. I want to give to others. Just the other week, I was in Message Community Church, and and this lady came up to me, and she was saying, I've never seen anything like this. I've never seen somebody actually care about my needs. I've never, ever, ever, I don't know why I'm here. I don't know what's brought me here. And I got to speak into her life and say, actually, God brought you here because he does care about your needs. He does care about you. He totally does. We didn't get the glory in that moment. It brought her to the realization that there was a perfect father who loves her. And you know what's amazing about this woman? Her kids are on summer school. They're now meeting with God. Through somebody meeting a physical need, somebody has had their spiritual need met and they've realized who God is, the perfect loving father. He has been glorified. His kingdom, his goodness has been revealed to that person through a physical need being met. God can be glorified when he meets for our needs. It's flipping incredible. One of the things that I love that Charles Spurgeon highlights about this request is this. He says, we request no more than bread or food needful for us. We request no more than bread or food needful for us. We don't come to God and say, can I have some cake, please? Can I have a lot of luxury? Can I have this? And then actually we say, can I have bread? Can I just have what I need? Prayer is not this genie bottle that we have, which enables us to, to kind of like get our selfish desires met. See, even in bringing our needs before God, we can capture his heart for others. We can be challenged. We can be refined. We can be the bringers of his kingdom to the rest of our brothers and sisters who also have needs. Not for our glory, but for his glory. 
God is glorified through meeting our needs. His kingdom comes. His heart is revealed to us and to those around us. When I was on the Message Academy, I was MC Hammer broke. I don't gonna lie by it. I was like, Lord, I, I know that I'm meant to be here because I really have a desire to share your gospel with young people. I don't know how to do it and I need you to help me. But I can't afford this. <laughs> And I remember this is when I fell in love with this prayer because God was teaching me about his father heart for me and that he cares about that stuff. And actually, when I look back, I wasn't bringing before God a selfish need. It's quite interesting when I think about it. I remember praying, God, give me today my daily bread. I want to stay here. I want to grow. I want to be able to share the gospel with other people. And I didn't really talk to people about my needs. I was messing around with Anna before. Um, she was like, oh, no way, you're covering for Louise. Like, oh, that's so lovely. I'm going to buy you a cookie to say well done afterwards. I was like, oh, no, I'm all right, thank you. She was like, Sammy, don't be polite and British. Um, if you do want a cookie, you know, I can give it to you. And I was like, ah, I'm quite good about talking about my needs. I didn't used to be. I used to be awful at it. I used to not tell anybody anything and suffer by myself. And I remember I hadn't told anybody. And my, my pastor at church... Um, was in the building, my phone had just broken, so she was giving me a spare phone. And I walk in there, she's crying. She's the most dramatic woman I've ever met. And this is me saying this, right? She's so dramatic. And I went in there and she was crying. And it could have been about anything. It could have been on her way to church today. She saw a butterfly that reminded her about the goodness of God. Or there was a flower that spoke so brightly about God's love for her. It could have been anything like that. So she's crying upstairs. I'm like, oh, Mama Mary, what's going on? She's like, oh, Samantha, God is so good. It's so wonderful. I've got this check for you. And I was like, oh, okay. This is really random and weird. And in this check was everything that I needed to finish Academy, was everything that I needed to finish and go on mission, was everything that I needed to, to pay my house bills, all this kind of stuff, all these amazing things, right? And you can think, oh, that's great for you, Sammy, but God has never met my needs like that. But the thing that I'm trying to point out here is actually that God was glorified in meeting that need for me. My non-Christian friends remind me of that. They remind me of that prayer. They remind me of that moment. Whenever I'm like, oh, I really want to see God do this for like a specific family member in my life, or I really want to see God do this for this person, they're like, Sammy, you do realize that God literally gave you free money. <laughs> do you actually realize that he did that for you? They actually joke around. When they have a need, they come to me and they say, Sammy, God listens to you. Can you pray for this for me? God is being glorified and revealed to my non-Christian friends, and I know one day they're going to come and meet him. I know that they are. And this all started with him being glorified through me in a need. Absolutely incredible. One of the things that we see here is actually the ripple effects of us coming to God in this way. So Charles Spurgeon says that we, need to be, we, can, we get to be somebody who lovingly links others with himself in sympathy. Prayer is not selfish. It does not seek greed, but the gracious provision of a loving father who meets his children's needs. What do you pray for? When you bring a need before God, like what do you pray for? Do you pray for a need or are you actually praying for a greed? Do you ask for cake or do you ask for bread? I know I'm pretty proud of that one. I'm not gonna lie. I'm gonna repeat it again because I didn't get the response I deserved. <laughs> I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding, I'm only kidding. But see, here's the thing, right? It's amazing that God can meet our physical need, but he doesn't just meet our physical need. He's not just concerned about our physical needs. He's actually also concerned about our spiritual bodies. And there's some, something that James Aladrin said to me on Academy that I will never, ever, ever forget. He came in and he literally rebuked us all. He was like, do you actually think 
that your spiritual body looks the way that your physical body looks like. No, it's a skeleton, something like that. And I was just like, oh, man, I never neglect to feed this body of mine. I am always eating in this body of mine. But you know what? My, my spiritual body is probably perishing away. How mad is that? We need to not only take care of our physical bodies, but also our spiritual bodies. And God cares about that. I don't know if you guys remember the series that I did of Psalm 1, uh, which gives us this picture of a tree that feeds off these streams where God has planted it. In verse 3, it says, talking about this tree, it says, He's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, but whatever they do, prosper. It's talking about this tree, which is a representative of this person who's sustained by God. Everything that they need is met by God, not just on a physical level, but actually on a spiritual level. And it enables this very tree to actually flourish. God has given us everything that we need for our spiritual sustenance. The opportunity to have intimacy with him. Time spent in his word, in fellowship, community with other believers, the food which nourishes our spirit. God cares about that. In fact, in Jesus, in John 6, 38, he says, this, he says, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Jesus has already satisfied our greatest soul need, which is connection with him. He gives us the very life that we were created for, life to the full. I don't know if you can remember before you came to know Jesus, but you know that there was something that was within you that nothing could ever satisfy no matter how many things that you wanted to get, or no matter how many people you wanted to like you, whatever your story is, you know that there was a point in your life where you had a hunger so deep down that nobody else could satisfy until the bread of life came into your life and you know that you never needed to be hungry again, but you could come to him for everything and be utterly and completely fulfilled forever. But see, this isn't something that just happens one time thing and that's it. It's a daily commitment. Notice that it says, give us today our daily bread. Give us today our daily bread. We are called not just for a moment of, of fulfillment, not just a moment of satisfaction, but actually a daily thing. There is not a moment, there is not an hour, there's not a day, there's not a night that you don't need God. We need him daily. It's a prayer of daily dependence on the one who can satisfy all our needs. We get to trust him each day with everything that we need. And it's such a freeing thing. Again, it's not in my notes and I'm annoyed about it. But Jesus goes on to actually free us from like that, that worry and anxiety of constantly like thinking about what I'm going to eat tomorrow, what I'm going to do tomorrow, all of this stuff. Jesus is saying, no, let's take it one day at a time. I've got you. Come to me daily. I will satisfy you daily. When we ask God for our daily bread, we are humbly acknowledging him as the sole giver of all we need. We are living day by day, one step at a time. We are exercising simple faith in him to provide just what we need. We need it for every area of our life. Every physical need, every spiritual need is met by him. So Lord, give us today our daily bread. We depend only on you for every need. Give us today our daily bread. 
So when we look back at this today, we can see that there are three things that we get from this when we come to prayer, bringing our needs before God. The first thing is this is actually we should come with an attitude of gratitude and humility. I hate that I said attitude of gratitude. Uh, (laughs) we, We should come to God with gratitude and humility. Remember that actually he is sufficient. Remember that actually there's not a single thing that we can do for ourselves apart from him. Everything that we have comes from him. We are not dependent on ourselves, but on everything that we have, we're dependent on him. And I don't know, some of us have forgotten this, haven't we? And the issue about when we forget this is actually that very problem that we have of sin. The moment that we believe that we can depend on ourselves for everything, we're coming back to that problem, that root issue of sin, which is vanity and pride. Man wanting to be king over his own life, it only leads to devastation and absolute ruin. But actually, when we come to the giver, when we realize that we depend on him, it leads to life to the full. So I don't know if like me, you probably need to come back to God and get back into this attitude of thanking him for what you have. Recognizing that he's the one who gives it all to you. He is sufficient for all your needs, physically and spiritually, is only him. Come with gratitude, come with humility. The second thing is this. When we bring our needs before God, actually it reminds us to be generous. It it reminds us to come with generosity. You don't just pray for your needs. You don't just pray for for what you need. You actually get to examine your heart before God and be like, God, I might actually have what I need. How can I provide for other people so you get the glory? Lovingly consider your brothers and your sisters who are in need. Maybe you can go one step further. Where has God actually blessed you that you can give to others? And the third thing is this. When we look at coming to God with our needs, we, we remember that there is, there is this thing of daily dependency that we're called to. You may not depend on God every single day for actually what your next meal is going to be, but you can be daily thankful to him for what he gives you. Not just two minutes before you eat your supper so that you can ride and tear right into it, but actually a posture of thankfulness to him for everything. Acknowledging that he's the one that's good in your life daily. Seek intimacy with him. It's not just your physical body that needs sustenance. It's actually your spiritual body. And he's giving you everything. He's giving you his word to connect with him. He's giving you his Holy Spirit to live in you. He's giving you brothers and sisters to be on this journey with you. That's what feeds your spirit daily, daily. It reminds me of that picture of the children of Israel being led by God through the, through, um, uh, through the wilderness, that daily God allowed manna to rain down on them because actually they would forget that, you know, he's just freed them from slavery, brutal treatment, and they have already forgotten everything that they've seen in Egypt. Actually, we can be like that as well. So God reminds us daily, daily, daily that we depend on him. We shouldn't be ever in this habit of thinking that we are capable of giving ourselves anything. Daily depend on God, the Father, who provides for you. 
Gratitude and humility. Spend time this week just thanking God for what he's done for you. Generosity, where your needs have been met. How can you meet the needs of other people? Daily dependence. Come to him and thank him. Come to him and live with him. Have intimacy with him daily, remembering that he's the one who satisfies all of your needs. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you're so good. We just want to remember that today, God, that you are such a good father to us, that you care so deeply for us. Lord, who are we? Who is mankind that you're even mindful of him? But Father, you choose to love us. You choose to take care of us. You concern yourself with with our needs. Lord, would we glorify you as the one who is the giver of everything that we have? Lord, would we come to you for every need spiritually and physically and give you the the glory and and the gratitude that you deserve? Father, where we have been um, in this habit of thinking that we are the one that we, we can be dependent on, Lord, would you help us with that? Would you free us from that vanity and that pride which only leads us to sin? And would you give us that, that humble heart that realizes that you are everything which leads us into worship, worship of you? Would you be glorified as provider? Would you be glorified as the provider of all of our needs? Holy Spirit, would you speak to us, each individual person, on where we need to change in this manner? And as we bring our needs before you, God, would we remember that you are sufficient for everything. Thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, Have a wonderful weekend. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast, where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.